Hey, this is Rob Harder with Making Your World Better, a nonprofit leadership show where real stories from real people who are coming up with real solutions to solve society's biggest challenges. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? How do people fundraise in an economy that is constantly in flux? How do you relate to board members in a way that inspires them to make a difference? What are the best practices that separate effective nonprofits from others? It is my hope that through these episodes, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear real stories from real leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy this series as together we hear how they're making their world better. Today, I get the privilege of interviewing one of my favorite nonprofits, Charity Water. Uh, Charity Water, for those who maybe have never heard of them, it's a nonprofit bringing clean and safe drinking water to people in need around the world. And you probably heard me mention their name multiple times on this podcast because I really think they're setting the example for many of us, if not all of us in the nonprofit world. They're just uh, one or two steps ahead of us all in some ways because it's just of how they run their organization, how well they tell their story, how they create their brand content, and the list goes on. And so today, actually, you're going to be really inspired. And I think, let me just highlight a couple of nuggets I think you're going to find from this interview is number one, they're so focused on the donor and they show and demonstrate through real time, through a GPS tracked system with their water wells of how your money as a donor is actually making a difference in, say, Uganda, for example. It's all in real time and it's done in such a beautiful and inspiring way. Um, it's really hard to argue their success and how they communicate to their donors again, the impact that each donor is making when they give to this organization. And the second thing they do that's very unique is their funding model. Well, the person I'm interviewing on their staff today is Tyler Reaver. He's the brand content lead at Charity Water, and he has a lot of different things that he does. Obviously, he's overseen their whole brand, but also he's the host of their exclusive video series called The Journey in which he travels to different countries to show members of the organizations and donors who give to this monthly giving program, which they call The Spring. And he gives them an up-close look at Charity Water's work on the ground. So what I think is really fascinating is they've set up this monthly giving program and tied it to this video series so that people who give again can see hands-on, practically, tangibly where their money is going. It's a fascinating way to both raise awareness about what they're doing and also get more donors to support their organization. I think you're going to be really inspired by today's show. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everybody. We have Tyler Reaver, the brand content lead at Charity Water. And as I said on my outset, this is one of my favorite nonprofits. Tyler, it is so good to have you on the show. Oh, man. So excited to be here. Thank you, Rob. You bet. Well, you know, it's one of those things that I've mentioned you or the organization, I should say, many times on various podcasts uh, over the last couple of years. Um, it is an organization that really does a great job of creating good content, telling their story well. And obviously, you're a part of that process because if you're the brand content lead, my guess is you have a lot of say in what you do in terms of the stories you tell on social media, how you get out there and get in front of people, print media, social media, et cetera. So let's dive right into that. In terms of Charity Water, it's uh, funded over 28,000 water projects, bringing clean and safe water to over 8 million people so far. Now, your whole focus is on water, providing clean, safe drinking water to people all over the world. What has been your key to success? Oh, wow. I think... There are a couple things that are really, really unique about Charity Water, and all of them probably tie back to the values of the organization. But uh, the things that make us different, we have a 100% model. So 100% of the public donations that we raise fund clean water projects around the world. We have a separate 
group of private donors, about 128 families, who invest in the organization and uh, support all of our operating costs. So they pay for my salary, our trips to the field, uh, electricity bill, pizza parties, anything, uh, and truly treat us more like a, a startup organization that they're investing in to em empower us to make this 100% uh, promise to our public audience. So that's one piece. The second piece is the idea of uh, providing proof uh, back to our donors. So we prove every single water project that we fund uh, with GPS coordinates and photos on Google Maps. So you can go back and look exactly where your project is. You could go visit it if you want. You can see photos uh, of the people that you've helped serve and just feel extra connected to your impact. The third piece is that we work with local partners around the world. We're, we're almost more of a, a fundraising organization who uh, we're doing the thing that we're good at, which is raising money and getting people excited or connected uh, to the, the potential good that they can do around the world. And then we work with local partners in each country who are absolute experts at implementing that money. So they know the terrain and the, the solutions. They have relationships with the government, uh, and, and they can provide sustainable solutions that will serve their people for years to come. All of that ties back to the core pieces of who we are. Uh, for us, the values at Charity Water uh, include integrity, innovation, excellence, generosity. So I think you see uh, sort of these core promises of the brand that are rooted in values, uh, but the values, I think, are the thing that make Charity Water really, really unique in the space. That's fascinating. And you do state on your website that about one in 10 people from your research in the world, one in 10 people in the world, lack access to clean water. And obviously, Charity Water, that's what you're all about. Um, I love your emphasis on working with local partners. So talk about the process. How do you provide the clean water? It's very difficult some places that you go to to find the water and then to put a well in. So talk about that process. Maybe pick two or three um, different scenarios that people would be interested in. Sure. Yes, yeah, different everywhere everywhere we work. You know, a lot of a lot of the work that we're doing is in Africa and South Asia. Uh in in each place um the solutions and the problems are completely different. So in a place like Cambodia, you have access to water everywhere. You have rice fields, streams, rivers, the water table is very high, so people often have uh their own hand dug well where they can access water uh but none of it is clean. So all of it is unprotected contaminated by human waste and just natural elements, uh, sometimes arsenic. So the, that water is poisonous, sometimes deadly, and it's the only thing that people have uh, at their access. So the solution that we provide there is called a biosand filter. It is a big concrete box that lives below your home, basically right, out, right outside of your home. Uh, it has layers of sand and gravel and uh, a little film of microbacteria that eats all of the bad bacteria. So you can pour any one of those nasty red-colored waters into the top of this thing, and clean and clear water comes out the bottom. It's like 99.9% .9 bacteria-free. So that's that's one solution. In Ethiopia, uh, it's completely different. People r really lack access to water at all, uh, especially during the dry season. What what few sources do exist dry up. Truly, a, a riverbed may dry up to like a trickle. Um, and you have livestock lining up to drink from that trickle. Uh, you have communities lining up with their jerry cans, and people go one at a time, and as you use it, it the source depletes. 
and then you have to wait in line for it to refill again, and then the next person gets to go. So women in Ethiopia in particular are spending hours every day walking to a source that's miles away and then waiting in line for hours to collect water. Uh, at the end of the day, you're bringing filthy water home to your family, water that's often making them sick, and you're limited in the amount that you have. So um, you have to make choices about how you're going to use the dirty water. In other places, Rwanda is incredibly hilly and spread out, and we actually create uh, these pipe systems. So it's like an, uh, an infrastructure. It's really more like we would, in a, in a modern world, we would think about solving the problem. Uh, you tap into a water source, you pump it up to the top of a mountain, and then you distribute it with all these pipes out uh, into the communities that are around the area. So everybody almost has uh, access to water at a household level. They have individual tap stands. So you can literally just walk up and turn your tap on and, and collect clean water. But it's it, again, it's just every situation is different. That's why it's so important to work with local partners. They are they are the experts at, uh, at choosing the right solutions and, and helping the people. Well, it's certainly obvious from your website and all the things you do, you're being very successful uh, in what you do in providing this clean water. Now, I looked at your website as well, and I've really been impressed with you have three core commitments. And let me just state them for my audience. It's, uh, here's the first one is to you prove every project. Number two, you're an open book. And number three, you're 100% of what people give literally goes straight to the field. Now, you mentioned that a little bit, how you have this small core group of uh, givers that give to like the general programs parts and the staffing, et cetera. Um, let's touch each one of these because I think they're so critical. And I think nonprofit leaders that are listening can learn from what you're doing. So let's touch on the first one. You prove every project. Um, what's been amazing as I look at your social media, you have this GPS tracking for each well that is installed. Talk about that a little bit. Who came up with the idea and then how do you actually put this into process? Yeah, I think for us, this is, it's just, it's rooted in this notion that the problem that we're solving is very far away and can feel very foreign and sometimes not important. And if we can connect you with the impact and make it feel tangible, make it feel real, make it feel like it's right next to you, it becomes very important and you, and you become uh, more powerful as a supporter. So that, the, the idea of proof to us is just, it's about connecting you to the impact and making it real, uh, closing the loop and giving you this like tangible takeaway. Like I was a part of this thing and I can go look on on the Charity Water website at my project at any point and see where it is. I can go visit it if I want. Uh, and, and in some cases, we're, we're working on this remote sensor technology now uh, that, that allows us to track the amount of water that's flowing in project fund. So ideally, in the future, you could come to the website and see how much water is flowing at any given time. Uh, you could know somebody's using it right now. You know the times that people use it the most. Uh, and you also get to know, you have the peace of mind to know that if something happens, if it breaks or it stops working, uh, that we're going to know about it. And that, that sensor will alert a mechanic who can come uh, investigate. So the, the projects that you fund are, are not only there in a place that you can see 
uh, but they're going to be cared for for years to come. Well, I love this. And, you know, one of the things I saw, uh, it was an article, I think, that um, your founder had talked about where you had this GPS set up. You actually had a video conference set up where it was, a, I think it was a live Skype feed or something to that effect where people were uh, watching from the United States uh, as you were actually putting and installing in uh, one of these wells. And because you're so good about transparency and showing people exactly what's going on, this one actually had one of these situations where it turned out uh, really not so good, where I think the either the, the crane or something tipped over there was some kind of uh debacle that happened but what i really appreciated about it was it you were still honest and open you're like you know what this happens sometimes that's real life i mean a lot of nonprofit leaders that listen you know we all realize there's times where you do everything you set up everything to just be perfect and it just falls apart for whatever reason sometimes no fault of your own maybe talk about that incident how did you handle that on a pr side yeah you know it was before my time but i know exactly what you're talking about we were we had made a promise to a, a, a group of people who had helped fund a water project in Central African Republic that we would go back to CAR and broadcast live so they could see this well get drilled and water come out of the, of the ground for the first time, and, and we were going to do it live. And so our founder, Scott, was hosting this whole experience. And you're right. I think it would have been really tempting to say, we're having technical difficulties, we'll be live later as you're panicking and trying to figure out what's going wrong. Uh, the reality in the moment was that that well was collapsing. The ground, I think, was too soft, so they couldn't maintain the structure of this hole in order to, to put pipes in. Um, and and that, it, that like that's the reality. Those things happen. And instead of panicking or finding a different way to do it, Scott said, let's, let's go live and just take people on the journey. Uh, let's talk about the fact that it's hard and it doesn't always work, but it doesn't mean that we're not going to that we're going to stop trying. We're we're going to find a way to get clean water to this group of people. Uh, and by by taking people on that journey, they got to be part of the failure, but they got to be part of a bigger success. And uh, you're 100% right. Transparency in that moment builds so much trust with that audience. It's, it's crucial. Well, you're doing a good job of that. And, and as I think about that, you know, there are a lot of water-focused nonprofits out there trying to build wells. And one of the problems they bump into is that one year, two years later, maybe a little longer, that those same wells that they actually got and dug and got started and water at one time was coming out of them, bumped into some problems, ran into some challenges, uh, got clogged, you name it. Um, and what I understand is that a lot of researchers that have done this before, uh, it's actually more difficult to keep the well that you have dug and started um, three years down the road to keep it operational than just getting it started in the first place. So I know you spent a lot of time to make sure you're investing the infrastructure in place so that when the well is actually dug and the pump starts working and the water starts flowing, it continues to flow years and years after the fact. Talk about why that's so important to you and how you make sure that happens. Well, it's part of the promise that we're making to the donors. You have to realize if you're thinking, you know, we're the liaisons, we're the middlemen between these incredibly generous people who want to do good in the world and are amazingly talented local partners who can make it happen. Uh, so we're facilitating this exchange, but the promise that we're making is that they will be powerful. They will make an impact. And it could be a CEO donating $20,000. It could be a little kid who's sending you know a couple bucks in the mail. Uh, but no matter what, your contribution should matter. Uh, and, and somebody needs to be looking after it in order to, to know that what you funded isn't, uh, isn't neglected or going to waste. So we do, we have different 
sort of protocols uh, or programs in place, we we often have teams of mechanics uh, who, or maintenance teams who are going and checking up on projects. We have ways for communities to communicate with our local partners if something goes wrong. But the best part of this this remote sensor technology that we're working on now is is that we can track it uh, from anywhere, and we know in real time if something happens. And I think it's it's a scary question to ask what happens when a well breaks, but you're right, it does happen, and we have to be prepared for it. And if nobody's innovating in that space, then we're really, we're just putting off a long-term problem. That's wonderful. All right, and we're going back to that transparency, because I know that's a big piece for you, and, and I, it should be, transparency should be a top value for all nonprofits. Uh, you have this open book philosophy. Uh, talk about your open book principle and why it's so important to you. You know, I think part of the the tricky part of running a charity today is that we're coming off of an era where people really have started to lose trust in charity. Uh, it's something we've seen. I've read studies that say 42% of Americans don't trust charity. So for us, we want to be radically transparent, yes. Um, I think any sort of crack in the foundation of trust is, is going to uh, is going to cause you to worry or to question or wonder what if uh, we have we have a set of uh, isms values and isms inside the organization that include we don't pirate software we don't tell white lies if somebody calls on the phone and wants to speak to Scott he doesn't say I'm in a meeting if that's not true because any any little fracture of 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 trust uh, is is a larger implication. Uh, in our ability to to fool people or trick people. So for us, it's really just we want to concretely say that you can trust everything we're doing. You can tr you're generously giving us your money to go implement these projects, uh, and we're going to promise that 100% goes, and we're going to be as transparent as we can to make you feel um, good about it, that, that you know and trust that that your money will matter. Hey, this is Rob here. Thanks so much for listening to the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast. My guest today is Tyler Reaver. He's the brand content lead at Charity Water, a nonprofit organization bringing clean and safe drinking water to people in need around the world. I'm hoping that this podcast has been something you really enjoy. And if so, I'd encourage you to go to our iTunes page and uh, give us a rating. Uh, I know the more ratings we get, the more this podcast gets out to more people. Also, if you want to find out more about some of these engaging conversations with real leaders that I have, you can go to our website as well, Nonprofit Leadership Podcast podcast.org and you can list through and scroll through all the different interviews we've had we've had some fascinating guests on the show and i encourage you to check it out all right now back to the show now, one of the most difficult tasks for any nonprofit leader is consistent and effective fundraising. In fact, I've had a lot of my guests on the show and they talk about fundraising and we spend, you know, the entire time just how do we do this well? Because it's difficult. And you said it earlier. I mean, nonprofits depend on donors, depend on regular support from uh, outside fundraising efforts. And you have a very unique fundraising model. You mentioned it a little bit on the very front end of your first question. And I remember hearing Scott one time, your CEO, your founder, he described it in one of his talks that he was able to, when he first started this um, organization, he was able to get this small group of people, and I think a lot of them were um, entrepreneurs from the Silicon Valley area, as I understand it. Anyway, but it's grown from there, and you still have this small group, if you will, of people that are just dedicated to the organization. They're willing to pay for all those, if you want to call them overhead costs, the, you know, it's not a fun word to any donor per se, but they're just real, you know, staff and turning, keeping the lights on in your office and things like that. Um, how did you get that started? How do you maintain that? 
And then how do you balance that within, as you mentioned before, you want to be able to tell donors that give to, say, a well in um, you know Uganda that 100% of what you give goes straight to that well. So how do you balance all of that? Yeah, the it's such an incredible relationship. And I think to hear Scott talk about it, he may say that it was not a great idea in the beginning. I know we almost it almost didn't work. The, the organization almost went under, and there was a moment where we had, I think we had over a million dollars ready to be deployed for water projects. And our overhead bucket, if these are two separate buckets, the overhead bucket had almost nearly depleted. And so it was like two weeks left of runway that we could keep the lights on it and continue working. Um, and people said, why don't you just borrow from the water money? You can pay it back as soon as you raise the money. And, and again, Scott had the integrity to say, if I, if I break that now, I can never ever say that I've, that I've not broken it, right? The 100% goes, I want to be able to say 100% forever. That money's never been touched for anything but water. And, uh, and it, it almost cost the organization. But fortunately, we found an incredibly generous, uh, couple who, who swooped in and, and gave, I think, that first initial million dollars. Uh, and, and really invested in the organization to, to go make that promise. But um, I think what's really unique is it, it is it's individuals, it's families, and they feel like family. When they come into our office, our staff know who they are. We know where they work and their experience. You know, they come to events. They come hang out with us in the office. Sometimes they'll work from the office. And it, it just feels like a different relationship. They're not they're not donors, they're really investors, and and they're investing in the people and the mission and the vision. Uh, it's, it's like they work, they work for us, they work with us, um, and they're really just empowering us to do the work because they believe in it. I, I just can't say enough good things. I think it's really rare that you find that kind of relationship or build that kind of a relationship, um, but we're also working to tell stories and make them a part of it in a, in a different way um, to show them or take them behind the scenes of the, of the things that they empower us to do and then the results. You know, they get connected to a lot of the ROI uh, and the metrics behind major campaigns. Scott's really good about maintaining one-on-one -on -one communication with everybody to make them feel like they're a part of major decisions and what's happening inside the org. Well, that, talk about that a little bit more, and maybe obviously it's maybe more appropriate for Scott, but you probably know within the organization, does Scott spend most of his time with those 128 families? Um, is he focused on maybe 10 of those? Um, is there another development director that kind of spreads that out and, and tries to increase that circle? How does the development side work for your organization? Like the, the, the figurehead, and I think people love to be connected to Scott and to get to interact with him and hear, you know, his energy is contagious. So to hear him talk about it is is always so compelling. But we have an incredible team. We call it our key relationships team. Um, about six to eight uh, staff who are also maintaining relationships, and they're truly they're so incredibly relational. It's like the, the most uh, huggy group within the organization. If there's a group of people who hug each other at the end of the day, this is it. Uh, they're just they're they have incredible interpersonal or interrelational uh, skills, and um, they're constantly networking and meeting new people and just passionately sharing 
the story of Charity Water and trying to find people to invest in it. I love that term, they're huggy. That that could be a new title for people, the huggy staff members. That's so great. I love it. Well, good stuff. Well, I know I'm going to guess most of my listeners have heard of Charity Water, but maybe not, maybe not everybody. And so I'm going to encourage them to go check it out. This is such a great organization. Uh, for those listening to the podcast, how can they find out more about, first of all, Charity Water, and how can they find out more about you and what you do with brand content? Yeah, so the, the first place to start would be charitywater.org. And you can learn all about the organization, our mission, and our vision. I think one of the things that's really unique, we're on a mission to bring clean and safe drinking water to every single person on the planet. But the vision of the organization is also crucial, uh, which is to reinvent charity. It is to change the way that it's been done in the past, to establish trust, uh, to connect people with their impact in new ways, and start to cultivate this generation of people who expect generosity to be part of the world around them, right, from the brands that they support and the companies that they work for. So those are um, those are both present in, in everything you'll find on the website. That's a great place to start. And uh, the other thing that I would encourage you to check out that I think is really the future for Charity Water is our monthly giving program, uh, which is called The Spring, which we're really trying to think of more as a subscription. We have all of these products that we subscribe to uh, on a monthly basis in our in our day-to-day lives, from music to movies uh, to makeup in the mail. How do we create a subscription service that, that benefits somebody else? And it's really, in our mind, it's a community of people who are investing in a better world. They're investing in a world where everybody has access to clean water. They're putting their thumbprint on a piece of paper and saying, I want to be part of this. And there will be a day when we can say, that nobody on earth drinks dirty water, and on that day, I'm going to raise my hand and say, I've been, I've been helping make this possible since 2000, whatever. So, I think I think that um, that's also just an interesting thing to to look at. My role uh, all over the place here, but my role as brand brand content lead is really, I have the best job in the organization. I get to travel to uh, the communities that we serve and meet the people and ask questions and capture photos and videos and stories uh, and come back and share those in hopes of inspiring new supporters and then also connecting existing supporters with their impact. So it is, uh, it's a lot of storytelling and trying to figure out um, how we turn these into campaign moments or shareable moments and create more and more awareness about the water crisis uh, and the impact of clean water. Well, talk a little bit more about, I love the spring idea. This is fascinating. So um, maybe just again, I'm, this is the first I've heard about it. Uh, give the mechanics again, just so people can give on a monthly basis. What do they get in return? Do they have some you know, information that is through an email, maybe a video? How does it work in terms of uh, the interface with the donor? Yeah, the yes, you can go to charitywire.org slash the spring. Um, the... I guess part of part of the purpose for us is to provide a, a value exchange. You are you're not just passively giving your money every single month. We want to make you feel connected to your impact and know that every single month, when that thirty dollars or fifty dollars leaves your bank account, uh, it's also being you're also getting like a little dopamine hit, you know, like a little bit of good news. So we send a monthly good news email. We call it a good news email. Uh, that's that's one story from uh, a community or an area or a country or partner that you're helping to support. Uh, we're also doing, we recently piloted an, an idea for an exclusive video series for the spring. So as a member of the spring, you get access to these like seasons 
we're on season three. Season three we're working on right now, but uh, it's essentially a video series that takes you to a new country and introduces uh, our partner and what makes them really unique or special, uh, how the solution here is different, how the problem here is different. You get to meet people in communities and just really go behind the scenes and feel really, really connected um, to the impact of your monthly donation. My website, robharder.com. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.